Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. During the Bronze Age, the Inca built the largest pre-Columbian empire in the Americas, extending along the west coast of South America from Bolivia to Chile. They not only thrived in the harsh climate and dry, steep slopes of the high Andes, they also served up a masterclass in technical road building that would have made the Romans quake in their sandals. The Inca created a 25,000-mile highway system, that's about 40,000 kilometers, complete with rope bridges across treacherous mountain chasms. They also engineered millions of acres of high-altitude terraced farmland and constructed an earthquake-proof citadel on top of a craggy mountain peak, 1.5 miles, that's 2.4 kilometers, above sea level. They even figured out how to freeze-dry potatoes. But unlike the neighboring Maya and Aztecs and the ancient Mesopotamians, Chinese, and Egyptians, the Inca never developed a system of writing. What they did have were kipu, or knotted lengths of cord made from llama or alpaca wool or cotton. They hung in rows like a curtain from a thicker central rope, which was sometimes coiled up to resemble a string mop. These bundles were often color-coded, although most surviving kipu are now a uniform camel color, and could contain just a few strings or hundreds. When the Spanish arrived and wiped out the entire Inca civilization, they found kipu everywhere, but destroyed many of them. In the 1920s, a science historian named Leland Locke, studying the kipu at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City, discovered the knots in the kipu represented numbers, and the bundles of textiles were most likely record-keeping devices similar to abacuses, probably used to hold census data or to keep track of the contents of storehouses or how many llamas were paid as tribute. He realized that the height of a knot and its position on its cord symbolized units, tens, hundreds, thousands, and so on, and the position of a string off the main rope could denote things like specific people or villages. But even after Locke cracked the code, he noticed that some of the kipu he studied seemed to be anomalies. He figured these were used for ceremonial purposes. There are, however, anecdotal clues that entire narratives could be passed along through kipu. A 117th century Spanish conquistador reported meeting an Inca man on the road who carried kipu that he said told of all the deeds of the Spanish in Peru, good and bad. Kipu couriers reportedly ran all over the Incan Empire, the cords looped over their shoulders. But finding living people now who can help researchers unravel the secret of the knots has proved very difficult, if not impossible. So Kipu research has made slow progress in the past century. Since the early 1990s, a Harvard anthropologist named Gary Erton has been working to decipher what, if anything, the kipus that don't fit the normal mold of accounting devices might mean, collecting a database of over 900 kipu in the process. Erton has discovered that, beyond the position and height of the knots, there are other factors to take into consideration when reading a kipu, the color of the string, the direction the knots are twisted, and the type of knots used. Through cross-referencing kipu in the Harvard collection with Spanish documents from the exact time and location in Peru where they originated, he has recently been able to prove that the direction the knots are tied in could denote which clans individuals belonged to. Another researcher named Sabian Highland at St. Andrews University in Scotland has recently found that some kipu still exist within villages in the Andes. The locals there have shared some new information about them. For instance, that the different materials used in the strings is significant— and their understanding is that the devices were used to tell stories of warfare. Highland also reports evidence of phonetic symbols in the strings. It could be, for all their ingenuity, the Incas never learned to use symbolic written language, but it looks like they may have been just a little more creative with their storytelling than any other major civilization to date. 
Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other historical topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. Howstuffworks.com.